Hi, you're listening to the Odd Sisters podcast. I'm Marcy. I'm Allison. I'm Julia. I like how you always take what I do. Allison has a little <laughs> break in between where she's just always like, yeah, I'm, I'm Allison. Allison. <laughs> My siblings were dropped. I was not. <laughs> I'm the normal one. <laughs> they were more careful with you. <laughs> kidding sorry that's not funny yeah it's tasteless marcy Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> we have very similar voices so i just blame things on her classic So yeah, whoa. So Julia's gonna talk about something today. She's gonna teach us a yeah. little something, something. So I've got I've got a story to tell you guys. So I have to I I told Allison that I have to do this as well because um, my wife Jane actually came up with the idea for this, and um, it's an amazing idea. And it's she wanted to do it, but then she kind of backed out on it, and I was like, okay, good. I get to do it secretly because it's a really cool story. So I'm just going to jump right into it. So Christopher Kit Williams was born on April 28th, 1946 in Kent, England. Sorry, my phone just went off. Quote, I became a painter because I was a painter. However, instead of following his passion, he decided to use it in different ways. And then continuing the quote, I always knew that I always knew I could do it. And thinking visually was useful in physics. I spent my time building television sets and, sen- and sending up rockets. And when I left school without my O-levels, my mother was so fed up, she sent me off to join the Navy. He started pursuing his passion for painting while he was working on board an aircraft carrier. His divisional officer, who was surprisingly really okay with this, even gave him a tiny compartment to practice his paintings in. Um, he ended up buying his freedom from the Navy for 200 pounds and touring around, taking, less, taking on less demanding jobs so that he could devote his time to painting and learning about the history of art. Once he accumulated a handful of pieces he was proud of, he showed his work in Bristol for the first time. And like many famous artists, nobody showed up. The young, the young and optimistic Kit Williams vowed to never show his work again. So I'm going to show, I'm going to post... Um, pictures on our Instagram so if you want to take a second to like look at them while we're talking about this I'm just going to kind of show Allison and Marcy because I'm assuming they haven't seen any of his art before this is kind of like the type of style that he does Wow, it's very beautiful like very surreal yeah very surreal looking Uh, lots of like floral patterns lots of flowers skies nature like you can there's like a tiny little mouse that's on the ground and like it's really gorgeous I love that. Yeah. And very like unique. Like it doesn't really look like very many other people's things. Yeah. yeah. Um so it was it was a pretty devastating blow for the young artist and he started collecting <laughs> he started collecting driftwood on the shore of Whistable in Kent and making them into little boats with his address inside. 
He would push them out to sea, hoping for someone halfway across the world would, sorry, hoping someone halfway across the world would find it and write back to him. Quote, that must have been back in 1971. Um, in the end, somebody in England picked, picked one up wrote, and wrote me thinking I was a child. Um, but when he responded, he actually told him the truth, that he was an adult, not a kid. Um, quote, this chap, a young man who was about to go to um, Cambridge University, came to see me. It was he who, bought, who brought me an entrance form for the John Moores exhibition in Liverpool. Such a weird scenario by today's standards, but for some reason it made perfect sense to Kit. And for the first time since he vowed to never show his work again, he submitted one of, one of his paintings. A, quote, intimate little picture of two people, a Morris Minor, uh, sorry, two people and a Morris Minor parked on a riverbank. It was one of 80 selected from over 800 pieces that were submitted to the exhibition. And on top of that, it was actually purchased by one of the one of the Moors who put on the exhibition even before it had opened. Oh. So he loved it so much that he was he bought it before they even opened it up. But he kept it in so that he could yeah. show it. Um, his piece drew a lot of attention and he was asked if he would like to show his work at the Portal Gallery in London. Twice, actually. They asked him to do it twice. Um, so he went from no one showing up to his stuff to ask, being asked to show his stuff in London. So the guy that told him about this was the guy that picked up the driftwood? Yeah. Oh, It was weird. just some random guy. Just like serendipity. Yeah, they started like writing each other back. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They started writing each other like back and forth and then... He was like, you should submit your art to this. Hmm. And it changed his life, which is insane. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, and actually, while he was doing these exhibitions, he met renowned publisher Tom Mashler. So Tom Mashler was intrigued by Williams's art and challenged him to, quote, do something no one has ever done before with a children's picture book. So an, an odd challenge, to say the least. But nonetheless, Williams took, uh, took up the challenge. He spent three years carefully crafting this book to his own high standards. Sixteen beautiful paintings were made for, for this deeply complex book, and each one had a frame with beautiful typography surrounding them. So I'm going to show them another photo that I'm also going to post. Sorry, this is so visual, but... Ooh, sorry, my thing's being stupid. So that's like a perfect example. It's kind of like... You'll get the gist of it. So there's a painting, one of the paintings, oh, like yeah. the first one in the middle. And then it has like text around the outside. Like it's a frame and it says kind of like short sentences around the photo. Wow. Um, so there's like a bunch. Yeah. Like that's one as well. Wow. So it goes around the frame of the picture mm -hmm. and it's like a really complex photo as well. So... Um, on August 7th, 1979, Masquerade was was released. The story about... Sorry. Blah, blah, blah. I lost my spot. The Phantom of the Opera. <laughs> I've exactly. heard it before. Exactly. <laughs> the story was about a hare named Jack who carries a treasure from the moon to her love, the sun. But when Jack reaches the sun, he realizes that he's lost his treasure along the way. It seems like a pretty basic idea for a children's book, but the big twist was that it was up to you to find the treasure. Hmm. Kit Williams had created a real treasure hunt to find the treasure that Jack Hare had lost. He handcrafted a hair from 18 karat gold inset with ruby and mother of pearl and moonstones with a filigree pendant dangling underneath 
it almost looked like a really fancy like wind chime. Mm-hmm. So it had a big piece that was shaped as a hair and then it had kind of like pieces dangling underneath. Also have a photo for this if you want to look on the Instagram. So that's oh, him cute. holding it. Wow. Yeah. So he created it by hand. And <laughs> and he he sealed it inside a ceramic hair-shaped casket wrapped in wax to protect it from being damaged but also to foil anyone who tried to use a metal de- metal detector to find it so the wax and the ceramic would block them from actually being able to which he considered cheating and using a metal detector yeah, it is so cheating. yeah exactly so the casket was finished with an engraving that said i am the keeper of the jewel of the masquerade which lies waiting safe inside me for you or eternity this treasure was valued at five thousand pounds which I looked it up, it would be 15,000 pounds today. Wow. Whoa. Yeah. Um, and that might have been the part of the reason why people lost their fucking minds. So the book sold hundreds of thousands of copies, completely taking the world by storm. People came from all over the world to try and find this mysterious treasure. An airline even sold transatlantic masquerade tickets, which came with a free shovel upon arrival. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah. But with great success comes a price. The once timid and unknown artist was thrust into the limelight. The newspaper went crazy for it. He was even asked to come on some English talk shows to discuss the phenomenon and maybe even drop a couple of hints to help people out. It seemed that everyone wanted a piece of him. His life was overwhelmed with letters, phone calls, and even visits from people who showed up to his house thinking that they were on the right track to solving the puzzle. So he would literally just have people like knocking on his door is this it yeah, exactly exactly but people from all over the place like all over like That's flew crazy. in to try and find it um so he responded to all of the letters sometimes up to 200 a day he talked to everyone on the phone and he even talked to the visitors who came and knocked on his door <laughs> but none of them were even close to figuring out the answer and after almost two and a half years of searching he was starting to think that he made the puzzle too difficult, realizing that no one would ever find it. Isn't that crazy? But then, that's really crazy. And that's the end. <laughs> <laughs> and no one ever did. And we're done. <laughs> That'd be a very English story to tell, though. <laughs> yeah. And it was all sucky. Um, <laughs> they all died at the end. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but early 1982... Two physics teachers, um, Mike Barker and John Rousseau, cracked the code that nobody was able to solve. They admitted that they had a little bit of help from a clue that Williams had published in the Sunday Times in 1981, hinting that fingers and toes might hold the key to the puzzle. The book's introduction stated, to solve the hidden, sorry, quote, to solve the hidden riddle, you must use your eyes. So naturally, these men devised that if you drew an imaginary line, from the animal's eyes through their paws, it would point to a certain letter in the frame. Which hmm. is an insane thing to think of, but they yeah. thought of it. Um, and they were absolutely right. So they were the first people to get it right. Um, they There was 15 words spelt throughout the 15 paintings. Um, I know I said 16 earlier, but there's the cover as well. So <laughs> that is not like continuity. Um, <laughs> so the 15 paintings read... So this is each, almost each word is from each page. So Catherine's long finger overshadows earth, buried yellow amulet, midday points the hour in light of equinox. Look you. So that's what it said. So each one was 
each page had a word and each one had to be there was no order you had to like descramble them oh they were it wasn't like oh like it goes around this way and that spells a word it was just a bunch of letters and then you had to figure out you had to unscramble that one and then they would be in order wow but you had to figure that out first so much work yeah so (laughs) um and then not only that but the first letter in each one of those um if you were to take the first letter and it's c-l-o-s-e B-Y-A-M-P-T-H-I-L-L, which is close to Amptil. So that's what it spells out. So after three years, they had solved it. Amptil, of course, refers to the town of Amptil, which is only about an hour north of London. Catherine's long finger refers to the tall cross that commemorates Catherine of Aragon, Hmm. um, located in Amptil Park. So it makes perfect sense. Catherine's long finger. (laughs) Um, So at precisely 12 p.m. on the equinox, the cross would cast a shadow onto a small spot on the grass. And that is where it was buried. This is like Indiana Jones. I know. Gosh. Jesus. I know. (laughs) It's so crazy. Like, no wonder people were, like, so intrigued. Like, we dig. Yeah, exactly. This dun, dun, dun. Like the music. (laughs) Like the sun coming through. Um, So on February 18th, 1982, Kit Williams received a letter with the news that someone had finally found his treasure. They alerted the media and everyone showed up, excited to finally uncover this treasure that had been baffling everyone for years. But it wasn't Barker or Rousseau who had written the letter. It was a man by the name of Ken Thomas. Thomas, by just pure dumb luck, guessed where the treasure was buried, coming across it while he was walking his dog. (laughs) (laughs) not wanting to bask in the publicity thomas covered his face with a scarf and was interviewed from behind a screen williams watched this strange man uncover this beautiful treasure in front of the the entire world but the entire situation left him feeling really unsettled yeah yeah unsettled and the world was not satisfied with the conclusion either the people who'd spent years obsessing over this treasure were really disappointed especially since they couldn't like they couldn't celebrate with him because he never showed it he literally took it and he never exhibited it he never he never showed it to anyone he just took he it. just took it what and it weirdo. just disappeared right like super weird and they even began to think that williams was in on it um thinking that he just wanted to end the search after so many years and being bombarded with letters and phone calls, they thought that he just wanted to put an end to it because it'd been three years. Yeah. So like, that's a lot to handle. That's as long as Henry and Anne were married. It's when you got to <laughs> quit. <laughs> exactly. Sorry, this okay. Cut the head off of something. So he was just walking his dog and then he was like, oh, it's here. His dog started digging. Bitch. <laughs> he didn't account for dogs. <laughs> <laughs> this treasure hunt. That's insane. Oh, thank you. Just moves my foot. Okay. Although unsatisfied, people went on with their lives. Until, six years later, the Sunday Times, with a little help from a local paper in in Amptil, discovered that there was no Ken Thomas. What? It was a pseudonym for a a man named Dougald Thompson. That's not a name either. (laughs) I know that sounds like the fake name. 
Dougal. <laughs> Dougal. Uh, Dougal Thompson, who was in a business partner to a man named John Gard, who at the time of the hunt was living with Williams's ex-girlfriend, Veronica <gasps> Robertson. Veronica. She gave it away. Veronica. <laughs> the then couple had visited Amptill Park when he started working on Masquerade. And I guess it just clicked in her mind that to start searching for the coveted treasure there. So <laughs> they took metal detectors and dug up nearly the entire park, but weren't able to find it without the rest of the clues. Is because they someone? hadn't solved the fucking puzzle. They just knew it was there. So they didn't have Catherine's long finger. They didn't have the equinox. They didn't have yeah. any of those pieces. They were just like, they knew it they was in this park. Holes. So wait, but isn't there like a bylaw cop that can come by and be like, oh, hey there's, guys, there's, stay off the grass. There's actually a bunch of things that I didn't get into. So many people got in trouble because they convinced themselves that it was buried on like private property and they just started digging it up. Because oh they were like, well, it's five thousand five thousand pounds. I'm gonna fucking get like a, you know, like they this in like their the mind ticket. Yeah, like- <laughs> exactly, exactly. So they were like going into private property and digging it up and stuff like oh that. Gosh. It was I didn't really get into it, but it, it was a problem. Um, so <laughs> sorry. Um, so they didn't have any of the, the other clues. It wasn't until they saw two physics teachers digging that they were able to deduce the exact location. So they were just fucking around, digging up this entire park, and then were like, they look like they know what they're doing. Wow. As it turns out, Mike Barker and John Rousseau were only a few feet away from finding it themselves, but they couldn't pinpoint the exact location. So they decided to wait for the equinox on March 22nd. They were literally like, I read an article that said they were like two feet to the left of the treasure. And they were just like, well, we can't find it. And they just went home. Veronica's such a bitch. The two, the two men, so sorry, Veronica. (laughs) (laughs) The two men never wrote Williams because they thought it would be in more of the spirit of the treasure hunt to just go out and dig without confirming with him first, which I think is a great mindset, but it ultimately led to their own demise. Um, he, I read another article that was like, he, they had two letters written to him that they just put into like a drawer and they never actually sent it to him. Cause they were like, they wrote it out and they were like, no, let's just go look. They Aww. never sent it. And like, if they had sent it in, he would have been like, yeah, that's absolutely right. Yeah. And it would have been him who was on TV or them who were on TV yeah. and like, and getting the treasure and yeah. So we don't have, although we don't have any direct quotes from. Uh, Williams stating his feelings on the matter you can only assume that he was crushed when he found out he put everything he had into creating his paintings the story and of course the clues to find the treasure and to have it foiled by someone who clearly didn't even care about the clues would be pretty upsetting fucking (laughs) ex-girlfriends right bitches beat not kidding (laughs) as it turns out Dougald Thompson and John Gard had founded a company named Hairsoft who made a little computer game that they called Hair Razor, a puzzle game that promised a huge reward for solving it. The prize? An 18-karat gold hair encrusted with jewels. So they had their own website. Or sorry, I shouldn't say website because it's too early. They had their own computer game that they designed, and they came up with this weird convoluted way to find his treasure and resell his treasure through their game. So they basically did exactly what he did, in a newer format, stole his treasure, and then we're like, solve our thing, and you can get this treasure. So, 
<laughs> Obviously, these men wanted to steal his idea that had captured the attention of the entire world by taking his already captivating treasure and trying to do exactly what he did. But the graphics were so bad and the clues were so vague that they were completely unsolvable. Eventually, the bad karma finally caught up with the two cheaters. By the time the story broke, their company had gone bankrupt. They were forced to sell the hair at auction. It sold for 32,000 pounds in 80-something. So I didn't calculate that one, but a fuckload of money. Like, that's a lot of money. And it ended up disappearing after that. And then in 2009... Uh, the BBC did a documentary on Kit Williams, and they tracked it down, and he was finally reunited with his golden hair. Where was it? I don't know. They didn't say. Some private collector probably had it. Yeah, yeah. but I'm pretty sure he has it now. Like, I think they agreed to give it back to him, because it's 2009. We were just yeah. talking about the 80s, and now it's 2009. Like, it was 10 years ago. Hmm. So, I think it's been reunited. Like, they were like, you can have this back. Or it's <laughs> somewhere where he knows where it yeah. is. Yeah. Or like, that's- Yeah. That's crazy. It's like belongs to him now. But that's insane. Yeah, that's my little story. It's pretty crazy. Like That's so sad. I, I don't like this story. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's um it's really interesting because there's a bunch of different things on like Well, I mean, he still sold all those copies of those <laughs> books. Everyone still went crazy for it. He still got to, like, have his art out there. It's just so. that yeah. the puzzle didn't go it the way of... he thought it was going to go. Yeah. I don't know that I feel, like, bad for him. He still <laughs> had a very successful art career. That's true. Sure. He created what about his that people dream? just nut- nutters for. <laughs> <laughs> Nitters. <laughs> Nitters. Like, he he did that. He still did that. It just didn't end the way he thought it was going to end. it's pretty crazy that's That's crazy crazy. it's a it's a crazy story and it was like there's a bunch of people who lived called i'm sorry masquerade okay yeah people's faces on parade (laughs) masquerade (laughs) it was it was insane like i read a bunch of articles that was like it just like it was anything that it was the only thing that people wanted to talk about they were like this is so it the guys that everywhere. stole his treasure People came from everywhere. Did they not spend three years developing their game? Like, was it like, did they find the treasure and then develop the game? It's such a weird move. Well, it's like, don't you think? It's like, yeah. a weird thing so to decide weird. to do, it's and then weird. make a shitty game. Like, yeah. you think you would if you're going to spend all that time digging for the treasure? I guess maybe that's why they couldn't make a good game. Well, yeah. I guess they spend all that time well, sold so park. many books, and I, we can't make a book, so yeah. we'll just make this shitty game, and then hopefully it'll have the same like manners effect. <laughs> so I did, I did read that. Um, it was like within a year, someone had actually seen, um, his girlfriend, his ex girlfriend, um, at the park, like looking, like she looked like she was actively looking for. For something there. But it was like within a year. So they probably took like, I don't know, like two years. But again, they didn't have, they didn't, well, they weren't, sorry, I don't mean to like have a go, but they weren't smart enough to figure out the mm-hmm. the clues, but they wanted it so badly. They were just like, they looked everywhere. How long do you think it took her to figure it? Like, do you think it was like as soon as he released that book and was like, and there's an actual treasure. She was like, I bet it's in the park. Or do you think she woke up? In the middle of the night, like six months later, was like, oh my god. Well, my <laughs> thing is, I think that they approached her, 
at like like they found out that she had a connection to him and they were like this is what we're gonna do because i read a couple articles that was her talking about how they convinced her that they were going to find the treasure and then sell it and donate the money to like I think it was like a, something that would save animals right, or so something like something her. humane, like some, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like they convinced her that they were going to find it and they were going to sell it and then do good things with the money. But mm. I don't think that that was ever their intention. Obviously they had Obviously. that, the computer fucking game. computer game on the back burner. <laughs> what is that? That is such a bizarre turnaround plan. And like everything, the name of it, hair soft like hair razor <laughs> like they knew the whole time what they were like it was focused around that yeah like there was some insane jealousy going on there i think like because they just wanted to do exactly what he did yeah they just stole his idea so exactly weird. like it was so strange that is very weird and it's six years yeah. six years they got it nobody questioned it he was like he got a, a letter from them uh, well, from him, from Ken Thomas. Um, and it was really... <laughs> Ken it, Thomas reporting. <laughs> yeah. It was really... Um, it, it. He was like... He was baffled by it because he's like, it is the right place. But like he didn't like show his work, so to speak. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he had no... He had no... He just came up with an answer. There was no... Well... I've, I found that if you connect the... the yeah, from their explain. eyes to the... The other guys knew that yeah. for like a fact they they cracked that code they figured that out and everything and i mean they were physics teachers so obviously they're very smart but they they figured it out and he expected somebody to come back and be like this is what it is yeah Yeah. exactly show their work (laughs) and be like the catherine's long finger like blah 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 blah, like close to amtel and it was just it was literally i think i saw a picture of it it was just like the cross and then like a drawing of um, like it was just like weird, like little, like weird sketchy drawings. And he was like, well, it's not, he had no reason not, to say right. no. Yeah. And it was the first time that anybody had ever said like it, it come up with it. Yeah. yeah. And he was they, like, well, you're not, not yeah. right. But they found it because they, they knew where it was. They just didn't know where it was. And yeah. they had to write him a letter where it made it seem like they had tried to solve the puzzle or had some vague understanding of exactly where it was so they just sent him a gobbledygook letter yeah interesting it just kills me though like how close they were it's just so it's one of those like life is just so unfair like and i know i'm glad it ended up back with kit williams but at the same time it was like they're the ones that won it they they made nothing off of that they you know like they they were the real winners yeah. they solved it they were the only people in the entire world who even came who, close. who fit who finished it yeah and they got nothing like <laughs> absolutely nothing like it's crazy it was like them and uh i think it was them and like one of their wives was like working they all three of them were like there was like a point where like they were super close but they realized they didn't have the right equipment to like figure Got out yeah. yeah and it was probably like they didn't want to just gi- dig a giant crater and yeah park, which maybe the other team did yeah well they had like a team of people with uh metal detectors going through the park like trying and every time it went off they would just dig the shit out of the park so it must have just been destroyed yeah that's so fucking weird yeah anyway that's a crazy fucking story <laughs> i know 
Um, check out our Instagram for all those pictures because they're yeah. really cool. I'll post I like more, those paintings but... so much. Yeah. It's very, very cool art. Yeah. I'd like to get a print of that first one you yeah. gave us. That's really neat. Yeah. I'll pick some of my favorite ones and post it after. I'll mainly do the book yeah. ones because that's the most relevant, but I'll post some of the his other stuff too. Yeah, very cool. He's very talented. Yeah. He's still he's still around. He's still alive. Oh, good. Like he's still, I don't know if he's still painting, but. I wonder if he'd like a letter. Yeah. <laughs> 200 a day. Could you imagine? Like I was watching an interview with him and he literally like grabbed like almost like a briefcase worth of like letters and just dumped it onto the floor and was like, these are my letters for the day. I was like, uh. <laughs> and he was like, I have to go through all of them because what if one of them's right? Yeah. Like, oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't like, you know, and then telling people that they're wrong. Hit me up on Facebook if you got the right answer. Well, like yeah. it's like <laughs> the you had to go changed. through every single yeah, exactly. To go through every single Yeah, he got one. a pen pal by sending out a boat. <laughs> what a time. Yeah. I love that guy. Like he must have been in a weird spot too. Like to yeah. respond to that. <laughs> like just be this? walking on the beach. Oh, it's and an address. Like, yeah. I'm gonna write to it. <laughs> like <laughs> very I love interesting that. <laughs> anyway thank you for he that, was Julia. he was like 25 at the time too like Aww. he was like he was just he didn't know what he wanted to do he thought he knew he sent, sent out boats <laughs> yeah <laughs> he was I at a very weird time in his life but that's also uh it was a weird time not just then but like we think of things so globally now but to want to reach out to someone on the other side yeah. of the world and not having that chance i love look. how it ended up being somebody from england yeah of course well, I mean, <laughs> it they, just went right back in <laughs> <laughs> but still like you wouldn't have that opportunity yeah. so yeah. i could see i yeah that want that desire oh yeah. yeah that's very cool so, go check out his art check out our instagram look up the book looks like a pretty cool book very trippy looking like, yeah. it's very, like, 70s. Yeah. It's very 70s. Like, you're like, what Whoa. the hell am I looking at? <laughs> but it's gorgeous. Like, it's beautifully made. But, yeah. Oh, cool. I'll post some pictures. Wow. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook. All the things. Send us messages. <laughs> messages? Messages. In little boats with your address <laughs> <Yeah>. on them. <laughs> we'll respond. Absolutely. 100%. 100%. Okay. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye.